Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications. Welcome to Special Edition. I'm Paula Dagnan. We'd like to introduce you to Barb Chandra. She is the president and co-founder of Paint Pittston Pink. It's going to be starting up later this month and go into October, but let's get the details from Barb right now. Barb, I'm a little disappointed today. Why is that? You're not wearing pink. I, you know, I have so much pink in my closet, I just didn't pull anything out today. So why is pink so important to Barb? Pink is important to me. I'm a seven-year breast cancer survivor. Yay! Yay! And uh, this organization was started seven years ago. Um, our main goal is to bring the community together to help support research for cancer. Now, you are involved in painting Pittston Pink. Yes, Love I those am. plosives, all those <laughs> peas that were popping this today. Tell us a little bit about how it all got started. So it got started seven years ago. Um, our main goal was to sell awareness flags to line the main street in Pittston, uh, which then turned into a 5K race, a silent auction. Uh, it just became a lot bigger than we ever thought that it would become the city really embraced the cause. Um, our first year, our goal was to raise $50,000. After everything was said and done, we did raise $50,000, 30 of which were donated to the University of Pennsylvania. So this year, um, it's gotten a little bit bigger every year. Our goal this year is to raise $100,000 and donate all of that. So All of it? All of it. Um, awesome. Last year, we were able to raise and donate $90,000. So it does get a little bit bigger every year. Well, I would hope so, because you are expanding. We You're, are. <laughs> it's not just Pittston Pink Week, or it's almost Pittston Pink, what, month? <laughs> yes, actually, pretty much. Um, our events start on September 20th and go until October 5th. And we try to incorporate something for everybody, um, something for just adults where we have celebrity bartending nights um, to something for kids where we have a 5K race and family fun walk. So all throughout those couple of weeks, there's a little bit going on for everyone. Well, let's start at the top. What do what do you start off with on September 20th? On September 20th, we have a new event this year called Dueling Pianos. Uh, we have a group coming in from State College. That night is being held in memory of Lisa Jones Kutra, who passed away a few months ago. And all of the proceeds from that event uh, will be going to set up our own fund, the Paint Pittston Pink Fund at the University of Pennsylvania. Now, dueling pianos? Dueling pianos, just the way that it sounds. Oh, so they're <laughs> going to bring their own pianos. They are. They're bringing their own pianos, and it'll be a really, really fun night. And um, where is this? That's at the Knights of Columbus in Pittston. 
Okay, now does anybody, for any of the things that we talk about here, do people have to have tickets in advance? Can they get them at the door? So um, a little bit of both. Uh, Some of the events are ticketed, and you would go to www.raceroster.com and search for Pittston PA, and all of our ticketed events come up on that website. The rest of them... You would just show up, and we ask that you make a donation at the door. Okay, so that starts on the 20th. That starts on the 20th. Then what? Um, We have a a couple of uh, events that we're trying to work out the kinks um, in between up until the next event, uh, which would be Thursday, September 26th, and that's sponsored by the Greater Pittston Chamber. It's called Meet Your Match. It's a bachelor and bachelorette auction. No way. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I've been involved in those eons ago. So what we, a blast. We did that two years ago, and it was very well received. So um, the chamber has been kind enough to do that again for us. Oh, are you still looking for volunteers? We're always looking for volunteers. <laughs> We never turn away volunteers. (laughs) So right there, I want to stop you and say, in case anyone hears about anything we're talking about, would like to attend, would like to volunteer, just like more information, you have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. Um, We're still working on our website. We've been working on that for a few years because we are an all-volunteer organization. Um, We all have jobs and we all have kids, so um, things take a little while to, uh, to iron out, but If anybody is looking for more information, um, we do have a Facebook page. Um, On the Facebook page, we have phone numbers and email addresses. So please reach out to us and we would be happy to provide more information. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm blown away by the, by the whole idea of the, uh, the, the bachelor bachelorette thing. That's, that's awesome. So what comes up after the 26th? Um, after the 26th on September 27th, we have a lantern launch um, on Pittston's Riverfront Park. Um, it's a really nice night. Um, we also pre- uh, present some community awards. Um, that's followed by, uh, we have a festival of life the next day. We call it Give a Pint, Get a Pint, and that's being held in honor of Greg Policare and Brian Musto. So uh, we have it set up as a, fam- a family-friendly event, and it's also a blood drive. It's just important that we give back to the community, too. And what will happen there, family-friendly? Um, we food? have We have food. We have music. Uh, we're planning a pet parade. Um, There's also going to be um, a poker run later that day that will end at uh, Susquehanna Brewing Company. Um, The day after that, we have a purse and cash bingo being held, which is always very popular. Yeah. Wow. So you've just taken us from the 20th to the 28th. Yes. And I think there was one day that you get to sleep in. There's no sleeping in. No sleeping in. (laughs) Like I said, we all have little kids, so there's really no sleeping in ever. Now, those are some of the other activities, but then you mentioned that you also have a 5K? We do. So all of our events end with, uh, it's called the Color Me Pink 5K and Gentleman's Dash. And the Gentleman's Dash has become the most popular event of Paint Pittston Pink. Um, This year we have 12 guys uh, competing against each other. And I, I use that term loosely because all of the money is going to the same place. But the guys really get involved. Um, there are 12 men that will be wearing uh, high heels and racing down Main Street in Pittston. Who picks the shoes? I can't tell you that. Oh, <laughs> do they know what they're wearing beforehand? Uh, we usually give them a couple days notice so they could practice in their heels. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Beth, I can't, I can't even. I can't even. Do you have any stories from past races? It's it's really um, it's a lot of fun. It's just it's a a ton of fun to watch. Um, even if you're not participating in the run or the walk, we encourage people to come out just to watch because it is. It's just a feel good event. We try to keep everything really upbeat and positive. So that's all part of October fifth. That's all part of October fifth. What's yes. what time does that start? Um, it, the day begins at nine a.m. with a mass at St. John the Evangelist in Pittston. Um, people could still register for the race at the YMCA. The, uh, the 5K begins at 11 o'clock, and then the Gentleman's Dash follows right after. And then what after that? You can't tell me that's the end of the day. Um, it's not. We <laughs> actually have, um, new this year, we have a pink truck with some business logos on it, and we're calling that event Hammer Out Cancer. So you could take your chance to actually hit a truck with a hammer. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where's that going to be held? That will also be held in downtown Pittston, and then um, that's that's the end of the events. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be the end of a lot of events, Beth. A truck. Oh, my. Yes. So it does, is that the culmination then, October 5th? So, so that's it. Um, October 5th. Um, like that's not enough. That's that, uh, that ties it up. The night before, on October 4th, we have a celebrity bartending night at the Red Mill in Pittston, which is also a, a really fun time. That is, uh, now, you said in the very beginning of our our discussion today that you're the founder I'm, I'm the co-founder, the yes. co-founder of this. Yes. Um, myself and my friend Kiana Lehman, um, when we approached the city a couple of years ago, uh, it really just took off, and Kiana helped in forming this as a 501c3 organization. So we, we founded this organization together. Go back then. Tell us, what was the first like? It, it really just exceeded our expectations. One day? It was three days. Three days. Um, we we wanted to just do a flag sale to line Main Street in Pittston. And then we said, let's do a, a 5K, um, not realizing how much is involved in everything. But um, we have a 20-member a committee that uh, everybody is just very passionate about helping this cause. And now it's gone to... Two weeks? <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, like we just try to uh, to find something for everybody. It's important for us to keep the community involved, and we love seeing kids involved. There's always some little fundraisers going on on the side with the kids' schools, um, kids just raising money on their own. So it's it's really special. And you also do actually paint some pink in Pittston. We do. Um, the Pittston Area Art Club that's headed by Judy Greenwald, they come in every year and they do a wonderful job really pinking everything out for us. So where will we see pink and when will we start seeing pink in so Pittston? You'll start seeing pink uh, the week of September 20th. I believe um, everything should start around September 16th. Um, Mayo Striping comes in and they put a pink line down the main street and uh, little by little you'll start seeing the businesses uh, pinking themselves out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I'm fascinated by the fact that you have so many activities that are just so different but again the whole idea behind this is. So the whole idea is we raise money 
specifically for cancer research. Any type of cancer. Uh, specifically immunotherapy, uh, where you, you treat your own body, you teach your own body how to fight cancer cells. So this was all started um, for a physician in Philadelphia that's now practicing in Florida. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to become a member of his clinical trial. But that's why this organization was formed. When we started looking at some other organizations, we just didn't like the high cost salaries of some of the CEOs, which is why we are an all volunteer organization. So um, our 100% of our profits are donated directly to cancer research at both Penn and the Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa, Florida. And your own experience, is that kind of what sparked it? Yes, it is. Um, I I went through um, a a double mastectomy, chemotherapy, radiation, and I was fortunate to qualify for this clinical trial, which harvests uh, my white blood cells and teaches them to attack any new or lingering cancer cells. So when I saw the results of the trial, there's just not enough funding that goes directly to research, and that's why this was formed. So not only are people able to raise money, but they're also able to get some firsthand information? Absolutely. Um, And that's a lot of what we do. Community outreach is really important, community education. So we've been lucky to give lectures at different places, and we speak with people all of the time and provide any information that they're looking for. Um, Our hope is that uh, if we just spread the word to one person, we're helping to save a life. And people have the opportunity then to paint Pittston pink, not only during this time, but you're available all year round. All year round, yes. And how would they get in touch with you? The best way to reach me, um, my email address is pppbarb at gmail.com. All right. And as as far as the activities are concerned, just give us a quick overview. Where When does it start? When does it end? And how can people fill in the gaps of information? So we start on Friday, September 20th and end on Saturday, October 5th. You could check out our Facebook page, Paint Pits and Pink, um, our Instagram page, which is also Paint Pits and Pink, or raceroster.com and search for Pits and PA. And duh, I just got PPP barb. <laughs> now I know why it's that. Paint Pits and Pink is a little too long to put in an email address, so we shortened it up a little bit. The sixth annual Paint Pittston Pink Fundraisers will be starting off on Friday, September 20th. You can check out their Facebook page as well as Instagram, or you can also go to raceroster.com and find out more about all the activities that will be taking place. Welcome back to Special Edition. Battling Opioids, it's a project of seven Pennsylvania of public media stations. Pennsylvania has had one of the highest opioid overdose death rates in the nation. Thankfully, the numbers are starting to come down, but there is still plenty that has to be done, including erasing stigma. That's why Pennsylvania public media began awareness to the opioid crisis. 
the seven Pennsylvania public media stations, including our own local WVIA-TV, have been together on two previous programs, and now they're getting ready to unveil their third. That will be coming up later this month on September 26th, Battling Opioids Part 3. We're going to hear now from Chris Norton. Chris is the Senior Vice President for Community Engagement at VIA Public Media. He's going to give us a preview of the program and also give us some more information about Pennsylvania Public Media and the role they're playing in trying to alleviate the opioid crisis across the Commonwealth. The project is called Battling Opioids, and it's a project of Pennsylvania Public Media. Here in northeastern Pennsylvania, VIA Public Media has radio and television and web services serving northeastern Pennsylvania. There's also a station in Erie, and there's also a station in Pittsburgh, and there's a station in State College, and in the Lehigh Valley, and in Philadelphia, and in Harrisburg. And all seven Pennsylvania Public Media stations decided to work together a couple of years ago when this opioid crisis seem to be getting totally out of hand. The governor declared a disaster. It's really a serious thing. Pennsylvania is one of the highest opioid addiction rates in the nation. Mm -hmm. And we are working together as public media all around the state to try to turn the tide, to fight the uh, stigma that goes along with addiction, and to focus on stories of recovery and, um, and, and, and just the battle to get through addiction, to try to save lives <laughs> and improve improve the state of health in Pennsylvania. So for a couple of years now, we've been taking this on, working together to highlight stories from all around the state about the problem, the, the crisis in addiction, opioid addiction, and various solutions. Where, where is there hope? Where are the recovery stories and success stories to tell? This is the third major television event. That's why we call it Battling Opioids Part 3. It started about a year ago, and, there, and this is the third one. And in this one, there will be a whole series of stories, different angles of opioid addiction, and then a panel discussion featuring uh, some important state people who bring a state perspective to what can be done, representing Pennsylvania's Department of Health and State Senator Gene Yaw, who is a leader in the state on fighting uh, opioid addiction. It's all September 26th on VIA-TV, and a lot of these stories can be found and additional information on the website, battlingopioids.org. You're bringing everything from the state here to Pittston. How do you coordinate that with all the other stations? Over the years, the last couple of years, there have been a series of conference calls and meetings among the Pennsylvania public media stations. And they've said, here's what's going on in our region. Here's what we're aware of. Here's a new recovery center that's just opened in Wilkes-Barre. The WBI will take the lead of, of telling that story. Uh, and we'll be in touch with the state legislators and the State Department of Health to say, what are the new developments? What are the new statistics? We'll gather that information, and then we'll decide, how about you do a story on this, and we in Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, will do a story on that, and you in Pittsburgh do a story on that. And then we choose the best of those and put them into this television broadcast. The more difficult thing to coordinate is getting um, the head honchos who have uh, information to tell into Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, into the studio. But this is the third time now we've done a panel discussion at the VIA studio in Pittston with, um, in this case, Ray Barashansky. He's the Deputy Secretary of Health Preparedness and Community Protection for the Pennsylvania Department of Health. And also Deputy Secretary Ellen D. Domenico, who 
It talks a lot about the helpline that the state has set up and what are the various resources available. Um, and they all come together at uh, WVIA, and we do a panel discussion. When it airs, does it air on all the stations at the same time? Good point. It is, in fact, common carriage among all of the Pennsylvania public media stations. They may not all have it at the same hour, but we're all targeting Thursday, uh, September 26th. In the case of VIA, it'll be on at 8 p.m., and most of the others will be carrying it at that same time or within a few hours of that. Uh, it's also available on streaming. It'll be repeated. The individual stories of it will be available at battlingopioids.org, so you can go on and check out. And also you can go now and see all the different stories that have happened in Parts 1 and Part 2 over the last 12 years. There's really a lot of good information that we've been able to put out through this partnership of Pennsylvania Public Media. And in this one, you're mentioning stories. Who is involved in the actual put-together of the local part of it here. It's the production teams and the content people at each of these stations around Pennsylvania. In our case, the effort is led by Ben Payavis, who's the chief content officer at VIA Public Media, and his team will talk about what, we, what we're aware of. WVIA actually also is kind of the headquarters for the, the outreach for the state. We have two staffers whose job it is to monitor the news on battling opioids, put it out on social media. We've developed a podcast with latest information about opioids. That's all available at battlingopioids.org. And we appear at events with booths and information handouts, uh, all to try to raise the awareness and fight the uh, stigma of opioid addiction. And as far as the face of the program? Uh, Paula Giangiacomo, familiar for many years in northeastern Pennsylvania uh, from WNEP, and she's the host of our, our Call the Doctor program. And she is the host of this program, too. So you'll probably hear her uh, in, even in today's interview. We'll hear her introducing some of the different guests in the program. But the stories that we're featuring this time are about Vivitrol, which is a once-a-month injection that helps those with opioid addiction. Um, but it's, it's an, proving to be an effective alternative to some of the other treatments, like methadone and suboxone. But it's not yet widely available. And this story looks at using Vivitrol, particularly in rural communities. And so much of Pennsylvania, so much of northeastern Pennsylvania, is rural community that doesn't have great access to recovery centers. But this is how mobile use can get Vivitrol out into these communities. So there's a whole story on that. And one on music and art therapy, which is being used at a number of places, including the New Roots Recovery Center, Luzerne County's Recovery Center, newly opened in downtown Wilkes-Barre. And um, that's the one we have yeah, that we're going to play a, right now. Sure. Why don't we check that out? Music and art therapy are alternative forms of treatment that are now being used in recovery. These treatments have been used to decrease symptoms of anxiety and repair damage caused by emotional trauma. New Roots Recovery Center provides hope and support to individuals with a substance use disorder. My experience with my recovery, when you're in active addiction, you, you often go through the shame and, you know, the stigma of being an addict, you know, getting looked at in a negative fashion. And what I hope to do here at the Recovery Support Center, and especially with my art wellness group, is to kind of break that stigma and bring a community together. The arts and music program, I believe that, you know, I tell people all the time that there might be some skills and some activities that they are good at, but they're not honing those skills while they're in active addiction. They might be good at art, they might be good at music, they might be good at crafts, 
It's something I discovered when I entered recovery that I was really good at art. So now today, you know, I'm able to pass that along to others. New Roots Recovery Support Center in Luzerne County, when we started thinking about the project and what we were going to do to create a hub of resources for people in recovery in our community, we really noticed how much the arts, painting and uh, drawing and writing and music um, were a part of people's recovery plans. So we actively designed a program that would bring that right to our center. And it, was, it was amazing when we started reaching out that immediately people with talents um, stepped up to the plate and said, really, I'd like to do this. I'd like to come in and help with an, an art therapy class or um, I would like to come in and you know play some music and things like that. And it really is a beneficial way to teach people um, how to relax, how to cope, and how to spend their time different in, in the fact that it's run by certified recovery specialists who have had substance use disorder. We know what you're going through. We know how it's been. Um, it, we keep you busy. We can talk to you, help you with everything you need to get to make you part of life, part of your own, what, your own future of what you wanted. We have our music meditation, which is very holistic for um, healing, for letting go of yourself, for being able to be out of yourself for a little while. Uh, we also have Healing Through Music with Rob, which is actually an amazing class. Um, it's used by with percussions to let out feelings, to let out your emotions. You end up all coming around in one group. And once again, you're outside of yourself. You're thinking about something else. If the members don't want to take their artwork home and hang it up, we might be looking to hang it up here somewhere in the center so that you know people could view it and it could be a part of the center. Recovery starts with a call. Call 1-800-662-HELP or visit battlingopioids.org. What's the official title of the show again, It's called Chris? Battling Opioids Part 3, uh, and it airs on September 26th on VIA-TV, 8 p.m. Many of these stories from the previous parts about the opioid addiction crisis in Pennsylvania can be seen online at battlingopioids.org. There's also a podcast there that we've recently started uh, at VIA on behalf of the whole state that keeps up, up to date on more stories and the latest information. When you get these officials, do you find that they are receptive to come on? Oh, absolutely. I think they really appreciate the effort. First of all, there are many media efforts to try to fight this opioid addiction. Intercom has been involved in that as well. You're a leader in that. We are particularly proud that the Pennsylvania public media stations are all working together on this process. And this is now our third major television effort. But we also use radio. We use website. We use social media. We use this podcast that we developed. There are many ways we reach out to try to get information out and fight this. Uh, Ray Barashansky is the Deputy Secretary for Health Preparedness and Community Protection at the Pennsylvania Department of Health, and he's a panelist on this Battling Opioids program, and Paula asks him what he's trying to get out of this outreach effort. Secretary Baryshansky, in closing, what would you like to see improve, change within the state as we combat this crisis? Well, obviously, I'd like to see our overdose death rate go down even further. Um, yes, we had an 18% drop, but we ha still have a lot of work to do. I'd like to see us strengthen our relationships with counties and with other stakeholders so that we can get even more people on board. I'd like for the command center to hear about some of the initiatives and other in initiatives that are really uh, delivering results across the Commonwealth on a more consistent basis, but also working hand in hand with the legislature to make sure that our goals are one and the same and we're getting things done or that we continue to get things done. 
And once again, we're hearing more from the opioid program that's going nice of you to be able to give us a little bit of a a sneak preview of all of these things. And you also talk about, which I didn't know really existed, a hotline? Yeah, there is a hotline that the state set up to try to get later information out. And we've been promoting that in all of our outreach promotion. And in fact, the Deputy Secretary Ellen Domenico, uh, one of the things she does as a panelist on this program is explain what services are available through the state. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, the um, the hop hotline is an opportunity for all of Pennsylvanians to be able to access treatment from an efficient um, and easy manner. And so what folks can do with the hotline is they call the 1-800-662-HELP number and that is the first step in terms of accessing both information and resources to get them to the right kinds of treatment at the right point in their lives. You know, interestingly, it seems like there has already been some effect, not just from what public media has done, but for what the whole state, the emphasis the whole state has put on fighting this, that it looks like the overdose death rate has started to back down a little bit. It had peaked, and for several years in a row, is running at an alarmingly high rate in Pennsylvania. The more information gets out, the more local organizations, local counties get together and put out, put efforts to um, to fight overdose abuse, but it's not a problem that's going to go away quickly. This is not a short-run, quick-fix kind of thing. This is a long-run education and lifestyle changing. Uh, even an individual person who's, who's suffering from substance disorder abuse, like that may take years, even when they've dedicated to get clean. It may try, have to try several different kinds of treatments and it may be several relapses, but and the biggest in thing many times the, it takes years. The stigma. Yeah. Because it's not who we think it is. It's not who we think it is. It's also not what we think it exactly. is. Exactly. We're learning a whole lot more about brain chemistry now that indicates that some people respond completely differently to the littlest bit of these kind of addictive drugs. For many people, it started fairly innocently. I got to have pain relief because I just had surgery or I was in an accident or something like that. Wisdom teeth. <laughs> it can be wisdom teeth. It can mm-hmm. be a kidney stone. It can be, and it can start fairly innocently, and it's going to take a long struggle to try to get this under control, but it looks like we're starting to make progress in Pennsylvania, and that's good news. So where and when, again, is this going to air? September 26th, 8 p.m. on VIA-TV. Many people still call us Channel 44. That's fine, as long as you find it. Uh, You can go online and see these stories and many more sources of information on the opioids crisis at our website, battlingopioids.org. And I just reiterate, VIA, your public television station in Northeast Pennsylvania, has taken the lead in the state in assembling these stories and doing the production and, doing, and taping the panel presentation that you're going to see on the 26th. But it is a joint effort of all seven Pennsylvania public media stations. That's why we call it Battling Opioids, a project of Pennsylvania public media. Thanks again to Chris Norton, the Senior Vice President for Community Engagement at VIA Public Media, for joining us today on Special Edition. If you'd like to listen to Battling Opioids podcasts, you can visit battlingopioids.org slash podcasts. And make sure you mark it on your calendar for Thursday, September 26th. That is the debut of Battling Opioids Part 3, WVIA-TV. Now don't go away. There's more special edition to come. 
Now on Special Edition, Joe Velahosky, firefighter and officer with the Germania Hose Company on their upcoming fundraiser. Germania Hose Company is a volunteer fire department in Duryea. Uh, we've been in existence for about 115 years or so. Give or take a few. Give or take a <laughs> few. Um, we run with our sister hose company, Excelsior. We run all major incidents in, uh, in Duryea and a bunch of the surrounding communities. One of the things you mentioned was that you are a volunteer hose company. That's correct. We're 100% volunteer. And that's tough. It's tough in that um, not only uh, you know are we the ones that are responsible for uh, running all the calls, and whether that's um, for our department, uh, that's uh, fire calls, rescue calls. Uh, we even have water rescue. We, uh, we have a dive team that responds to routinely to uh, the five surrounding counties around Luzerne, and uh, on occasion uh, they've gone as far as uh, 100 more miles away. Um, and, you know, the volunteers, it's a small group of, of men and women, and, uh, you know, we're responsible for all the calls, but we're also uh, responsible for day to day administrative running of the department, and we're the ones that are responsible for all the fundraising as well. And when it comes down to that, especially when you're dealing with volunteers, you must have a very special group of people who will give up their time in this day and age because everybody is just so busy. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a really good bunch of folks uh, in both the departments, but of course, I'm a little biased towards ours. We've got folks that uh, you know give up uh, not only time but sometimes their own money just depends on on the situation and uh, you know we we unfortunately have to do a a lot of training we have to do a lot of fundraising anymore uh, on top of running our calls and uh, you know last year uh, we ran somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 350 to 400 emergency responses so we're not the busiest company in the county by any stretch but um, we're not running once or twice a month either but when someone needs you they expect us to be there then and right on the spot they expect they expect us to uh, to be you know, pretty immediately available. Um, and luckily, uh, there's not a whole lot of calls that we can't answer. We're, we're pretty good about getting at least some personnel uh, to almost uh, almost every response. Let's talk a little bit about your fundraiser. The uh, third annual Wine Fest, uh, and it's coming up uh, September 28th, which is a Saturday. We're going to run from uh, 1 p.m. until 6 p.m. Uh, we've got, uh, I believe we have nine wineries at this point. We've also got um, two uh, local breweries are going to come and and, uh, participate. Uh, We have one uh, vendor that uh, does mead. Which is which is which is interesting. Um, Love me. He's been participating for a couple of years now. So yeah, we should uh, we expect to have a really good time. Where's it going to be? It's going to be in Germania Host Company grounds, which is 430 Foot Avenue in Duryea. The uh, festival itself takes part uh, or takes place uh, on our paved lot. Uh, right at the fire department, and we have a, a, a really big uh, uh, piece of property uh, with a lot of parking available. And what time? Uh, we're going to run 1 p.m. until 6 p.m. Tickets, uh, advanced sale tickets, 20 bucks uh, at the door, 25 For advanced sale, uh, you can get them from any host company member, or you can also go online uh, and go on our Facebook page, which is Germania Host Company. Um, and there's a link to the Wine Fest, and on the link to the Wine Fest, there's another link to buy tickets. And what about as far as food is concerned? Sure, we have, uh, right now we have two food vendors coming, working on getting a third. And there's also, uh, we also have a lot of um, uh, craft vendors, and uh, some of the craft vendors actually sell some, uh, uh, some snack items and those types of things as well. Nice, so it's going to be a full day. Yeah, it will be a full day. We have live entertainment. Sparazza Band's going to be there playing for us most of the day. 
We also, interestingly, uh, you know, there's a, a new trend around uh, that folks have been seeing a little bit of, and we're going to have them. Uh, we have axe throwing. Axe attack is coming to uh, to help us out, and um, they're going to have a, a boot set up, probably with two lanes, uh, for folks to uh, try their hand at uh, at doing some damage on some wood. They run a really good job. They uh, nice little safety briefing, and they have everything set up so that uh, the likelihood of getting hurt is is almost none. We don't expect anything to happen. We expect to have a real good time. Over 21 really is what we're targeting. Yeah, uh, the community in Duray is a, is a pretty good bunch of folks, and and we tend to help each other out as much as we can. Mm-hmm. You're also raising awareness. Most folks, um, I- at least in my opinion, uh, they know what the fire department does. To a point. Um, I don't think a lot of folks, uh, until you get into it, and I was this way before I started uh, participating, you don't quite realize, um, number one, the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes, the amount of training, and to be very honest, you don't really realize the cost of what we do. The uh, equipment that we use, the uh, apparatus that we use, uh, even just our building and grounds maintenance, uh, it runs a lot of money. We have to pay insurance. Uh, we are lucky in that our borough uh, covers our workers' comp insurance for us, but we still have to pay vehicle and building and liability insurance. Um, we have to pay, you know, just like everybody else, uh, power and gas and all that sort of stuff. Um, on top of just the emergency responses, there's a lot of other things that go on. P- this is really important. It's extremely important, and, you know, um, we are uh, committed and dedicated to staying there for the people of Duryea and the people of the sur- surrounding communities as much as we possibly can. It's more and more difficult every year. Uh, volunteers are less and less available. Uh, certainly that uh, we have our, we're asking for money quite a bit from uh, especially the people in Duryea, but we want to try to give them something back for their investment. Uh, we have a, a pancake breakfast in February that uh, is the same deal. You know, we'll sell tickets for that, but you're going to come and you're going to get a really good meal for uh, eight or nine dollars or whatever we end up uh, tickets being this year. I think they're eight bucks last year. And then again, it's a lot of fun. It is. I mean, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun for everybody. How about the volunteers? What does it take? We're always looking for folks to volunteer, um, and you don't necessarily have to be an active firefighter to volunteer with us. Uh, you know, we can. Uh, certainly uh, use folks who are uh, good at organizing things or good at fundraising or good at administrative tasks as well. As I said, we're always looking for volunteers. And if anybody's interested, uh, they can certainly contact the department or uh, you can just uh, show up if you want at our trustees meeting, uh, which is uh, generally the first Wednesday of every month. Even somebody to just help at a fire scene with traffic control. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the job of our fire police. And, mm-hmm. and if you're interested in doing something like that and you want to come in, there again, there's always training for it. Uh, we're looking for it. maybe you're interested in water rescue and you don't necessarily want to fight fires. We you know certainly be uh, more than happy to talk to you about that. Let's give them once again the rundown, Joe, the where, the when, sure. as far as the upcoming wine fest. Absolutely. So the where is going to be at the fire department grounds, 430 Foot Avenue in Duryea. Uh, the when is Saturday, September 28th, running from 1 to 6. Tickets, uh, $20 in advance, 25 at the door. Also, if you're interested and you don't want to necessarily come up and uh, drink a lot of wine, um, there is a designated driver ticket available. We do encourage folks to, you know, we want you to drink responsibly. We don't want to see you come up to Wine Fest and then leave and have a problem. So uh, either bring a designated driver or arrange your ride home ahead of time. And uh, nine wineries, uh, mead. Uh, A couple of breweries, a lot of craft vendors, food vendors, live music. That's going to be a good day. Thanks again to Joe Velahosky from the Germania Hose Company with the details about their upcoming fundraiser on Saturday, September 28th, their Wine Fest. 
Now, coming up two Saturdays, it is Survivor's Days, one in Lackawanna County, one in Luzerne County. Amanda Marcajani is the Community Relations Coordinator with the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute. This is our 27th annual wow. Cancer Survivors Day. Amazing. The event has changed over the years. Um, we have two locations. There's one at McDade Park that will take place on September 21st from 10 until noon. And then the following weekend on the 28th of September is our Kirby Park event. Are they the same type of days for each one? Yes, they will be the same activities. So there'll be registration at 10 a.m. until t- about 10.30. And then the main portion of it is called the Circle of Survivors. So everyone in attendance will stand in a circle and you have the opportunity to share something about your cancer experience. When um, you mentioned McDade Park, don't you also have something set up? We do. We have a cancer survivor's park there. At one point, we were selling bricks for that, so there are engravings on that. And so that's just a a place that people can go and relax with their loved ones and and just see what the park, what what the park's all about. So um, it's a really cathartic kind of morning, and it's not just for current patients uh, or survivors. It's anyone that's really been affected by a cancer diagnosis. We know that someone going through cancer, it doesn't just affect them, it affects their entire family and their whole network. So we encourage family members, survivors, doctors, healthcare professionals, just anyone. I mean, we've all at this point been affected, unfortunately, by cancer. But this is a day for everyone to come together and have that networking opportunity. You might meet someone that has a ribbon on that had breast cancer that you you don't know and you can have a conversation with them and feel like you're not alone. Um, our mission is to ease the burden of cancer and this event really fulfills our mission and we just want people to come. Um, it's free. There's no, there's no fees for it. We just want individuals to have a space and a resource um, and we'll have staff on hand as well if anyone has questions related to cancer. So if you're going to start uh, at 10 o'clock in both locations, both at McDade Park and at Kirby Park, what's going to happen at after um, you mentioned the the circle, then what do you have planned for the rest of the time the people are together? After that, we'll have some light refreshments, and then it really is that networking opportunity for people to chat. Not everyone speaks when they're in the circle, and that is obviously the individual's choices. So you might hear a story or something that someone says that might have spoke to you, and then you can have that time to further delve in with, with that individual or individuals. So... Um, it really is just about the conversation and networking aspect. There's, you know, if you don't want to say anything in the circle, that is completely fine. You know, we just want to welcome everyone to this event uh, and let everyone know that we're we're a resource and um, they don't have to go through this journey alone. And probably one of the nicest things about the Survivor's Day is that you have people that come back. Yes. Oh, that's we amazing. We have a lot of returners, which it's a joy to see them year after year. Uh, and it just gives us an opportunity to thank them for everything that they do and supporting the Cancer Institute and, and, and really, you know, to see that they have come out on the other side and are doing well. If you want to share something about your experience, there will be individuals that will start the circle. Uh, and then you can, again, you can choose to speak or not. Um, you can tell us something sorrow perhaps, or something that uplifted you and others and people that you've met along your journey. So it's really up to uh, kind of how you feel. 
So how long do you expect the day to go? The, the day should usually end by noon. It may be a little bit sooner, just depending on the amount of attendees that we have. But everyone's welcome to stay until, until noon and have conversations, have some coffee and refreshments. At McDade Park, you're going to meet in that area where yes. the uh, where the bricks are? Yes. Yep. We'll meet right by the one pavilion when you come in the first pavilion after the tennis courts. And then what about at Kirby Park? At Kirby Park, the one track area that they have in between where one of the universities has their football stadium. So yeah. it'll be in that parking lot. And there'll also be signage there as well. So oh. we, just to let them know they're in the right spot. A few years ago, I, I like to mention this story. There was a woman that was dropping off a camera for her husband who was playing in a softball league on that particular day. She wasn't aware of our organization or what was going on, but she actually came over to the event and spoke in the circle, and that was the first time she publicly spoke about someone in her family that had been um, diagnosed with cancer. So it, it was a really, a really cool moment for us to be able to coincidentally help this individual that really didn't plan on being part of the event. So we encourage all of those individuals to come um, because we're all learning. You know, we're learning about cancer. We're learning about other people's stories. And that could be something that you could say in that circle might be the turning point for someone else or have a new friend out of that experience or just a really good conversation that morning that might help you get through the day if you're currently battling or, you know, you can share that story with the person that you know is battling or ha- is is also a survivor. Um, so, yeah, it really just does continue the momentum of storytelling and, and helping our community members. The Northeastern Regional Cancer Institute also does colon cancer awareness, but that's not until March. That's not until March, yes. Although it should be all the time. <laughs> yes, yes. March is is colorectal cancer awareness month. So we have our casual day event. It is our biggest awareness and fundraising campaign. And really the importance is about early detection and screening for colon cancer. So you know, we want people to get screened. We know that that can help save lives in that particular type of cancer. We know that there's uh, not every cancer has some sort of viable tool that we can use. But um, with colon cancer, you do have the ability to get screened for that. So we do, we sell t-shirts and pins and wristbands, but really in each piece of the fundraising portion, it really is about the education. Having a casual conversation with your family member or friend about the early detection and screening for that. The prep. Eh, no biggie. Right. You know, there are other tools out there for screening than a colonoscopy. So just talk to your healthcare professional uh, about what is the best test for you. Oftentimes, you know, with a family history, there may be screenings done earlier than age 50, but really just talk to your healthcare professional and, and they can guide you in the right direction. For those of us who like a nap, that's the best. We look. I look forward to that. You get a ride home. You get a ride home. You get a nap. It's and you nothing. have peace of mind Yes, as well. Now, you do have something coming up in November, which you're involved with. Yes, it's our Spirit of Hope celebration. This is done by a board of ambassadors. Uh, the board chair, his name is Leo Vernetti. He's well-known in the community. And they've been working with the Cancer Institute for many years now. They've raised more than $380,000 for the Cancer Institute through this event. 
And the Board of Ambassadors is community leaders from all different types of organizations in our community. And there is a live auction, a silent auction, there's food stations, there's music, and it really is a celebratory night and and provides, again, that hope for people. We do have an honoree, and this year the honoree, his name is Ryan Robeson. Many may be familiar that he was the individual that was in the full firefighter gear at the Scranton Half Marathon this year, trying to achieve a world record. We are so happy to have him uh, through, through his work, he has helped individuals through a foundation for firefighters that have been affected by cancer. So we're really excited to hear Ryan come and speak and, and provide hope to others and, and just the impact that he made on the whole community. Uh, I, w- I was present while he was crossing the finish line, Ooh. and it, it just gave you chills to know that he worked so hard um, to honor his, his father and his family and to really just show what he was made of. So that will be November 8th. It's a Friday evening. It's from 7 until 1030. And it's at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Do you, how do we find you folks? Yeah. You can go on our website, which is cancernepa.org. You can call our office, which is 570-941-7984. Or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at the Northeast Regional Cancer Institute. Count them, one but two Survivor's Days coming up. The first one is on Saturday, September 21st from 10 until noon at McDade Park. And then our the following weekend, Saturday, September 28th from 10 until noon, we'll be at Kirby Park. Thanks for listening to Special Edition. A weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. A production of Intercom Communications. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.